Today's show is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. It's Cyber Monday, December 1st through 3rd. It's a 25% off site-wide sale. Use code CyberMonday on CuffLinks.com slash DVR today. Look good when you step out in the morning. Elevate your style. Go to CuffLinks.com now. Check out what they've got. All the great stuff you need, whether it's the geeky Marvel, DC, Game of Thrones stuff, or it's just the regular awesome-looking dress-up stuff, they've got it at CuffLinks.com. So use that code, Cyber Monday, December 1st through 3rd, 25% off site-wide. CuffLinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Watchmen. My name is Axel and my co-host today and every Wednesday is Aaron Otto. Today we're going to be giving you our theories and analysis concerning Watchmen Season 1, Episode 7, entitled In Almost Religious Awe. You can send us feedback to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out the website, dvrpodcast.com. Find out about all the other great podcasts we do once Watchmen is over. I'm going to be getting back to Mindhunter. I'm going to get back. I'm going to do Bachelor. We might be doing Curb Your Podcast again. we got a ton of other stuff. Check it out. DJ Tim Hines does another week, which is like a fun variety show where he and Reddy just talk about different topics. Kind of a comedy show. Those guys are great. So check out the podcast website. Also, thanks to Mr. Wonderful and the Muppet Named for the very kind iTunes reviews. Keep them coming. I set a goal of 50, and we're already up to 45, so thank you for those. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to each and every person that took the time to give us a review. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Also, if you're interested in hearing more of us, join our Patreon. We do have a sponsor, but the Patreon is a great way to get ad-free podcasts, get extra podcasts. I'm always dropping little extra exclusives there. And I've set a goal of 30 patrons. And with Tay, John, and Elena recently joining us, we're at 26. So we only need four more. Come join us. All righty. That's all I got. Let's talk to A Hustler. How you doing, pal? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Little little uh, little delay there. <laughs> Sorry, I had my uh, microphone muted. Oh yeah, I thought you just had to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm really excited to be here. I'm great. Um, uh, the episode was amazing. Um, I'll just get right into it. But the episode was amazing. You've kind of. I, I listened to your initial reaction. That was great. Uh, with you. Andrew, yeah, great, great Andy's podcast. Best enjoyed it very much um and uh i just love the whole dr manhattan thing didn't know if we're ever gonna see him but i mean there have been uh allusions to you know that you know we were gonna see him because that's he is such a part of the watchman universe but i wouldn't have been surprised if it had gone the other way as well so um it, it was amazing i mean i love the fact that he's cow like it does explain a few things um, I know there's probably a war going on on the internet. Somebody had this theory, you know, somebody found it, somebody always does. And they're just like Mr. Intelligent or Mrs. Intelligent. So, <laughs> you know, like, okay, great. You know, I don't really, I really don't care. I think that's wonderful that you came up with it. And, you know, I guess there were clues all along the way and uh, definitely makes sense about how Cal was reacting kind of like not there. Like he definitely, his personality matches up with Dr. Manhattan more. We'll get into that. But 
Um, I just thought it was, uh, it, it was, let's put it like this. So Damon Lindelof with loss and the leftovers, I felt there wasn't as much exposition, um, you know, and we were, there was more mystery involved. And there is a, still a lot of mystery involved with the show, but I do feel like there are moments of exposition and yeah. um, definitely with Lady True and a couple other things in the last few episodes, like last episode, you know, giving us everything with Hooded Justice. Um, but I also think that's necessary to, uh, to, you know, to lay out the story. And it can also be very confusing at times if you don't really know this universe inside and out. So I, I feel like it's a bit necessary. And also, I guess the time constraints... I feel like if they they could have added two or three more episodes and it would have, it would have worked, you know, to kind of like draw it out more, but I'm okay with the setup. That's just how Damon wanted to do it. So, and I get that, but you know, instead of um, hearing as much would see more, but it's, it's a very, it's, it's so convoluted. The whole thing is just yeah. so complex and he has, he can't make everybody happy. And I'm sure there's people saying there's not enough mystery. It's not the lost or, you know, quite there, but it actually is. And I think that some of the things that we're hearing aren't necessarily the truth as well. Right. So true. we'll, we'll see what is and what isn't. And, but I, I, regardless, my point is, is that it's still phenomenal. Um, I think there are reasons why um, we're given some of that information in a narrative form. Um, but uh yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I um now that I've, you know, had a couple days to listen to some pods, um, read some reactions, Twitter, Facebook, blogs, you know, critics, I think universally everyone not everyone, I should say, I would say about ninety to ninety-five percent were very happy with this episode and the Dr. Manhattan reveal. There were some people that weren't. There were some people that um, I had a little inter- Twitter interaction with Gene from Shad on TV, and I guess he didn't like it. He felt Angela and Lori's characters acted differently. Or bl- I, just, I, I don't see that. I generally have an issue when people say that about television. I think that they are using a literary framing device that I actually didn't really agree with when I was in college. Uh, well, yeah. you know, when we both it wasn't would, as good, we would yeah. de- debate things because I'd always say that that's your preconceived notions of a character. And it is the job of the storyteller to play with those notions and for characters to be really great. They have to grow and change and do things you wouldn't expect them to do because that's what human beings do. So when I get a character that always act, like when people would complain about Game of Thrones, whatever story, like, oh, this character is acting against what they've showed us before. Uh, my response would always be, do you know them? Like, are you, <laughs> I mean, do you know how the story ends? So how can yeah. you say that? Because That's right. part of the story is now that they acted differently than you thought. It's your refusal to accept that or your desire for it to be something different that is causing that schism, not a failure on the part of the writer. So I disagreed with that, but I could see that some people um, were 
were saying initially, oh, you know, this is out of nowhere, blah, blah, blah. But then, as you said, and as Andy, I mean, that was Andy just knocked it out because he had, he had read, I mean, not only is he smart and, and, and can analyze this stuff, but yeah, yeah. he had watched the whole season and read the comic book in like the last week. So he picked up on immediately. I mean, the conversation with the kids, there were so many little hints, all the people saying, Dr. Manhattan sure. can't be in a person's body, you know, like yeah. she said it to her kid, remember, <laughs> just yeah. before the squid fall, um, That's right. which kind of when you put those two together and you're like, he can't do that. And then squid fall out of the sky. Yeah, yeah, she she acts so ridiculous about it. It's kind yes. of out of character. Like she just snaps yeah. when that happens too. If we look back at it, so it's wow. Yeah, there was I, a I lot like of setup. stuff. So I thought. I mean, I've continued. I got a chance to rewatch before we did this pod, and I just I picked up on a lot of other stuff, and I just thought the way it was crafted. And I what, one thing I did notice. Yeah. In this episode, let's talk about Dr. Manhattan. Might as well just get right into that. Okay, can I just mention one thing? Um, just like cinematography wise and directing wise, I felt that this episode relied heavily on a lot of comic book tropes and callbacks. Um, just like last episode did too, the way that. Um, Will Hooded Justice is walking down a dark alley and sees people and that's how he springs into action. You know, like it's very typical. They're doing that on purpose. So I thought that the Dr. Manhattan reveal, the beginning where we start off with the whole backstory of John, um, really set up those moments within the episode. So though I could see some people... We're saying that though that it was a little bit um, hacky, I guess, like a little hackneyed or or uh, like retread the way that they they kind of broke things throughout the episode. The little flashbacks that Angela kept on happening. I yep. thought that they were great, um, and I thought it really worked because tonally, this show goes from super comic booky, sappy almost. To like when Angela's driving out of the thing to super serious, emotional and political. And I think it's able to do all of that. So in general, um, I could see some people, I just want to respond. I saw some people's complaints and there was a critic or two that said that. Um, but I felt that it's kind of growing and it really, in a way, I feel like maybe it's shedding some of that stuff. So in the final two episodes, it opens up and fully becomes its own thing. It's kind of leaving a little bit behind the American hero story and all that kind of stuff. And now we're focused firmly in what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. As lady true is as well. Yeah. So I think that that's why this episode had a little bit more of that comic book throwback, but I enjoy that stuff, man. That's why like, I love the first Batman movie, the Tim Burton one, you know, like okay. he was able to mix that, like you know, so yeah. it's kind of yeah, cool. But let's get to it. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, okay, so we obviously um, with Doctor Manhattan the start of the episode. Uh, we have a documentary that I guess um, uh, Angela, as a girl, is listening to about uh, Doctor Manhattan um, and how he became Doctor Manhattan, and then you know what happened in Vietnam. We gave you a little setup for you know. Uh, 
his impact on Vietnam. We actually got to see him for the first time, although we, we haven't really seen his face yet. So I, I think that's very interesting that they haven't shown his face other than through, uh, you know, masks or uh, puppets, um, yeah. dolls, whatever. So I, um, it was great. It was, uh, we've been hammered with this a couple times now with, you know, Adrian V with, uh, with this play, um, obviously with all the watches and clocks throughout the show, this is clearly about John, you know, that's what it all refers to. It's all about Dr. Manhattan. So I, I do like how, how the show has built up to this moment. Um, and it really has been about Dr. Manhattan, as you were saying in the, uh, initial reaction show all along um and uh so we we see a watchmaker's son who was transformed uh according to the documentary is transformed by an experience's time all at once we've talked about that in previous a lot of other shows that you know the past present and future are all at once and that's how dr manhattan doesn't really know how to doesn't see how we do um and then we also see that like that the narration says that there's almost like a dichotomy that he's how he's perceived by the public is either a hero or i'm sure in some people in vietnam as a toxic nightmare uh that's you know that's what the so i thought that was good that you know again showing us there are a lot of there are two sides of the story and that you know, it's almost like human achievement, um, as well as like we can become something else, but also it's scary, you know, what, what the, you know, someone like him can do. And we've seen the extent of his power or, you know, not the extent, the full extent, but we have seen some of his power and what he can do. Yeah. So that, that um, was something that, um, uh, I got into a discussion with someone on Facebook who, who was saying that they felt that, Putting doc, making Doctor Manhattan Cal somehow lessened his culpability in supporting the kind of white supremacist, cyclops, um, America KKK uh, establishment through what he did in Vietnam and his association with the government and Nixon and everything, and that it, it felt a little, you know, as they say, whitewashy. Um, but I disagree because we've yet to see how he and Angela connected. And it's quite obvious from this episode. I mean, there's that great frame where she as a little girl is standing and in the, in the, she's in the foreground and in the background, there's a, like this propaganda of Dr. Manhattan painted on the side of a building in Vietnam. And then someone has spray painted murderer over it. Yeah. And that's throughout the whole thing. And that's the reason why her parents were killed. That's right. They were killed by freedom fighters slash terrorists who were obviously remnants of the Viet Cong and the Vietnam War. And they and it was still, if she was born in 76, she looked to be about maybe, I would say between maybe seven to nine. It's hard to tell. So yeah. it was in the 80s already. Um, and it, they were still having terrorist attacks like this or people fighting back against the American government. So it's obvious to me that the way in which she and Dr. Manhattan will come to know each other is going to have to be remarkable because they have shown him 
to be the representation of, like you say, a toxic nightmare um, of uh, for Vietnam, not like in America where he was expelled because they thought he was giving people cancer, which is what happened in the comic. In this show, we have a much more visceral and true reason, which is that he participated in the genocide of Vietnamese people and the takeover of their country. That's right. And Angela being a fish out of water, right? Um, It's such an interesting perspective, too, as a black woman, not in America, but in Vietnam and in in a country that had been taken by her country. So she, in effect is the enemy. She's an American, right? But then again, yeah. she's just like her grandfather getting spit at by other soldiers. She's still not treated properly. Right. So yeah. I find the whole, I found the whole thing just the way they were. Oh, and the way it was like Dr. Manhattan day, the whole setup was just amazing. Yeah, it was. And they're playing, uh, coming, uh, Living in America yeah. by James Brown. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And the puppet was like kind of going to the groove. You know, and it was awesome. Get out the hot tub. Too hot. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. That was cla- that's um that's Rocky. Wasn't that Rocky Four? Yes, it was Rocky Four. Yep. Yeah. That's when uh Paul Cree got into the <laughs> ring with uh Yvonne and got killed. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, spoiler alert. Um yeah. That uh, Ivan Drago. Uh, I, I, uh, I, there was some kid who was Russian in my town, and I think that when that movie came out, everyone started calling him Ivan Drago or something, and he was like, "Okay," <laughs> and then everybody <laughs> right? stopped. They were like, "Oh, that's kind of right. That guy kicked ass." Um, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was deep the way they did this, and just credit to the writing staff and Damon for coming up with thinking, you know, saying like, let's just not have her grow up in Tulsa, you know, let's have her grow up in Vietnam. And, um, it was, it was really interesting. The whole doc that you had here too. The other thing that I'm glad you put it in here, uh, about Dr. Manhattan is these lithium battery ads. Yeah. About the, about the cars and about like the technology that watches, yeah, watches that he's able to give, but it reminds me of, and I, you know, to jump into a theory yeah. again with the batteries that the, that the, uh, Calvary are collecting. And it looks like they're doing something with that around Lori. That. Like they're putting, they're putting together some stuff around her. Now, if you listen like- to, if you, li- you did listen to the, uh, I called you out positively i should say i gave you credit <laughs> on the uh on the initial reaction that you had picked up when when the image fades from the farm to where Lori is and it looks like you had said it, it almost looks like some kind of trap that could get yeah, dr man that's right that's what those things look to me. You're making reference yeah. when Lori was tied up in there these long uh, rectangular almost cylindrical you know, new way, whatever they look like they're from mass effect or something. Um, yeah. And they had the Vite symbol on them. Yep. So that could be what they're looking to, um, transport, you know, through the, uh, through the C five teleporters 
Yeah, and then maybe they have an intrinsic fill generator uh, as well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's getting deep. But I like that you mentioned uh, uh, that. And when they keep, and that's the thing too, is you mentioned it, how like in Lost, Damon and Carlton both, well, the whole writing staff, they would put in all these crazy references, a book someone's reading, a this, a that, or whatever, but they never really connected to the plot. They were more about the themes, kind of, and sometimes they were just fun Easter eggs. But I feel yeah. like here they're imme- they we should listen. They're giving us a if they keep on showing batteries, we should pay attention to the batteries in whatever right. form, you know. Like and like when you see Cal is reading for whom the bell tolls. Mm-hmm. It's like That's it tolls for thee. Yeah. Well, it did. I mean, whatever. So it's immediately we're getting the payoff for that. You know, that's not yeah. like something we're just going to mention an Easter egg. That was an immediate payoff. So I think something like this is definitely, um, definitely something to pay attention to. And maybe it's something like it's almost like I mean it's probably I'm sure everybody's mentioned this, but I'm sure it's like it's kryptonite, like lithium. Yeah, um, that's maybe what I'm saying. Like yeah. it can. He can, he's made of that or something. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it can be used against him. But yeah, uh, he changed the batteries, right? Like they recalled all the types of batteries and he made, and he invite, I think together came out with this new battery technology. But then if we remember in the comic, it was this kind of, uh, whatever tachyons or whatever he used to, prevent Dr. Manhattan from using his powers and seeing what passed the event. Yeah. And that's what, and it may, that may have also, which I think something, another theory I wanted to throw out is that that may have also affected Dr. Manhattan in ways that we don't understand. Right. Yeah. So I'm proposing that perhaps in the same way, that will has that mesmerizing technology that Vite, that Ozymandias was even maybe even during the Vietnam time or other times, he was maybe able to manipulate Dr. Manhattan and no one knew he was doing it. Just a little theory or that the use of the way that he was able to curb his powers, which is outlined in the comic, had separate side effects, which may have included the overall feelings of um, nothingness, you know, how he became just apathetic to everything. Yeah. And maybe after the effects were off is perhaps why he chose to look inward into becoming a human rather than as anyone, everyone has said and proposed that he was in Mars. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, my question would also be like how he may have been on Mars for a time that he came back or he could yeah. have been anywhere, right? Yep, you true. Still kind of assume he created that bubble with Veet, but that could have taken him a day. I don't know. It, uh, yeah, time is, it doesn't, right? Like, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know. It's all, it's all very interesting, but yeah, I guess, I guess what, interest me with Dr. Manhattan and Angela is what about Angela would make him reach out to her or look to her, you know what I mean? Out of everybody. And the thing that 
I think of immediately is that because of all the pain she's experienced. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, and, and so he's able, and the, he wants to understand it more, but through that process, he realizes it's, she's a vibrant human you know, being obviously, um, and probably falls in love with her. Um, so he, he exposes himself, um, becomes vulnerable. And it's almost like with Lori, you know, from the comic, he, he's, that was just kind of like fun. I mean, I, I think he really cared about her and loved her, but not, I don't think, you know, for him to just give up who he is, become cow. That's, that's saying something that's mm-hmm. saying something pretty profound, you know, yeah. and that he just want to be cow. It's, it, it is pretty, it's, it's profound from the racial implications, right? That's like a, yeah. her grandfather donned a white mask to be a hero. And now Dr. Manhattan chooses to don a black mask to be a normal human, you know, to yeah. experience humanity from that perspective. Um, this car accident that they mentioned, yeah. now we know it's made up, but it's it'd be interesting and i hope they show us this event where he decides to become cal in human form and um one thing i wanted to say is Uh, yeah i had a question about that as well like is he really is he really human i mean did he really transform to that or did he was some like that thing was put in his head you know, where that, his essence put in his head and he's yes. already dead or something. See, Maybe he's already dead and he like... I don't know about uh, that. I think that he's just able to maybe put his consciousness inside that and 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 um, almost trap himself. And that's why I think it comes to me, it comes to Vite in two ways. Is Cal, like Phillips and Cruikshanks a kind of clone creation. Mm, gotcha. Right? That vi- yeah. Maybe they made I like, like a, maybe this whole thing is like a deal that they made. Vite yeah, was like, I, like I wanna get away from all this shit. I'm tired. I tried to save humanity. It didn't work. Now now, you know, blah blah blah. Or I want to get away. And then Dr. Manhattan said, I'm gonna create a new world for you. I'm gonna give you your own place here. And then Vite said, okay, I'm going to give you a human body that you can live in and you can hide too. So they're both hiding in different ways. That's very interesting. You know, and it's, it kind of, I mean, perhaps it speaks to privilege as they both kind of represent that, um, in like crisis, you know, but I, I kind of feel that Cal is never existed. You know, I don't think like yeah. he took over. Yeah. A person. Okay. Yeah, that that would that would that would make more sense. Yeah. I don't know if I don't think people are really probably talking about that, but that's very interesting to me. Like, you know, how that happened. Well, I was waiting. See, another kind of little hint was how she ended up with Cal in relationship to the way that June ended up with Will. I thought that when her grandmother arrived at the orphanage. It said to uh-huh. that lady, you can leave now. <laughs> Does she always yeah. talk to you like that? <laughs> yeah. I like that very much. That um, good. And we saw that woman, by the way, at the end of the last episode, just That's before right. she woke up, um, her grandmother, that which is June. Um, yep. I thought 
it was going to be Cal's mom. I thought that she was going to be adopted into Cal's family in the same way that Will um, and June kind of adopted each other, you know? Um, they kind of they kind of saved each other or i thought she was going to meet cal at the thing so i think that was another clue a little bit of a clue too like where's this is interesting where's cal you know i thought it was going to be kind of part of her story but um you ask in the notes is the memory wipe that allows cal is it the memory wipe that allows cal to maintain his human form i think you've got a point there hustler i think he had to forget who he was completely and and like trust Angela completely, right? Because Yes, that's what love is. Yep, I agree. She could have left him in there, right? Yep. Um yep. to in order to do this. So I think that's a very interesting sacrifice that hopefully we'll see that decision made. Yeah, that that shows you that Dr. Manhattan probably has a lot of perspective at this point and has become more human like yeah. and is has more empathetic and probably feels bad about some of the things that he allowed to happen. Um, you know, and you know, he was used by the government and some of that is he's been changed, right? He's not really John Osterman anymore. So no. he's been changed and it's not like, so he's had to relearn some things. I, I feel like, um, just because he's not human and he's trying to learn, become what it is human again. Uh, I, so I think yeah. that's interesting. But go ahead. I think it makes perfect sense. The pinnacle or the most important point of Dr. Manhattan's story that happens in the comic is when in during his origin and then a little bit after he relates to Lori that the comedian is her dad and you know, like what happened her yeah. whole story. And it's in relating that story and, and going back in time and feeling it and like experiencing it like he does when he goes through time that he is awoken back to his humanity and realizes how apathetic he was towards her and how he had just allowed himself to be used. And then his, his desire is to go away from humanity, right? And to explore the stars. Well, why would he give that up? My reasoning is because he knows all that already. That's, that's been his whole experience is being Dr. Manhattan is intrinsic fields and, and, and living in a lab for 15 years or however long it was, you know, doing experiments and all this kind of stuff with Vite. I think that the true, you know, unknown country was, uh, himself, his humanity and, and what that really meant and, and what. What and the kind importance of, of life and consciousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like why even care, right? What what yeah. what do the stars matter if you have no eyes or no heart to see them, right? No mind to realize how vast the universe is. What does it matter? It's just fucking sand in a beach. You know, well, could be very well be true, but I'd be not me, man. I'd be like, I want to find other life. I want to well, find some aliens. Yeah, I no, want to hang out with some aliens. The difference is, you and I have kind yeah. of spent our lives looking inwards, and <laughs> you know, that's kind of what yeah, right. we do. So, yeah. I think I agree with you. I've spent yeah. enough time in therapy and on podcasts talking about human emotion. <laughs> I'd want to go see Jupiter, and I'd want to go. You know what I mean? I want to see a black hole and stuff, but. 
I think that he has a different perspective. Sure. Um, but yeah, it says a lot to the sacrifice that he did. And it had to be, it had to be, you know, I mean, he chose to be a black man in America um, yeah. after perhaps witnessing how people saw him in Vietnam. And you're right. I think it's Angela's pain. Uh, as Lady True said, you know, we all try to experience our pain over and over. This is a theme in Westworld. You know, this is, yeah. uh, this is like the – the theme. Yeah, lost. <laughs> this Leftovers. Is the, the Sopranos, <laughs> Mad Men, yeah. you know, the shield. Every modern uh, kind of um, peak TV, golden age television is about, you know, man's existential crisis with pain and whether you mm -hmm. choose to accept and move on. Or you wallow in it and repeat the cycle over and over. And I think here, Dr. Manhattan decided to put that kind of scientific method to work and see what it's like. I agree, man. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, we've, is there anything else you wanted to add no. about? Uh, so, I, I, one thing I noticed um, outside of the car. Uh, I'm sorry, outside of the house on the car with the 7th Cavalry members was there was something under a, a cover that was sticking up outside of the pickup truck. And to me, I, th I thought that was definitely the um, the uh, displacement machine, uh, the teleportation device. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, okay. Oh, you mean in the warehouse when Lori was there? Uh, no, when, no, no, no. I'm talking about on the, on the truck outside of, uh, Angela and Kyle's house at the end when oh, Angela goes yes, back. yes, yes. There's a, it seems yeah. like it's just sitting on the back of the pickup truck. Now that's um, the so. thing is how does everybody know he's there? That's what I want to know, right? That, like, yeah. That's what I wanted to get into next, man. Like, okay. So lady true obviously knows he's there. Um, the seventh Calvary knows he's there. So do they, can they see into the future or there, is there some like device that they have access to? Cause this seems like lady true knows exactly what's about to ha go down. Like she has that kind of confidence and air to her. I don't know if it's true, but it definitely looks like she knows what's about to go down and she's going to probably help humanity, but also exploit this event that's about to happen. Cause everything's coming toward the one event. Now the question is, the millennial clock, which uh, when we are left off at the show, there's less than an hour that, that it's probably minutes before this event's about to happen. Um, so is that what set it off or, um, and, and then Keen's, you know, Keen and the seventh Calvary, their reaction to this event, or is it, you know, is doctor them getting Dr. Manhattan sending, transporting him somewhere. Is that the actual event that, uh, it's really it's hard to understand. Yeah. <laughs> a no, yeah, we were talking about this on the IR. It's like hard, right? This sequence of events and and how the information that each one has and has given us would lead to what happens first and what's the action or what's the reaction. You know? Yeah. Um, yes. But it seems to me, I would have to guess that. The if it's a chicken or an egg thing, the millennial millennium clock comes first because uh -huh. it's so many years in the making, and it seems I'm I'm kind of feeling like there is a relationship 
between how long Vite is there and when the idea for the clock and almost as if like the clock going off is him, his freedom in some way. Um, so I kind of feel, I don't know if I'm right about that, but I'm just kind of feeling like the way the show is telegraphing things to us. I'm trying to read more, just like kind of see what's there. And they're kind of showing us timelines, like why, you know, and it Uh seems like they're going to kind of match up. But I think that the millennium clock was first. The Calvary plan came after when Will came to Lady True and told her, she says, when your grandfather came to me and told me what the Calvary yeah. was planning, we had to work together to stop them. Yeah. Um, so when she says, I'm trying to save the fucking, I'm trying to save all the fucking humanity. Uh-huh. I think Several she times. means she already was going to try to do it. And now she's got to do it doubly. Yeah. That's interesting. So you think that, so, but the timing of it is very curious. Like why, why would Keen, why, why would Keen all and all of them want to do this at the same time as a one o'clock? Is there something about that device that, you know, makes, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there has to be some link. It can't just be two separate events. Well, like, um, Who's they, who's using who basically, or are they both th- seemingly using each other? And then, but Lady True has another layer above it. This which is I yeah, feel like I kind of feel like when you have when you have a show that's about um, people in power choosing what's best for everyone else, and um, kind of institutionalized racism and mm-hmm. just general nostalgia right the past keeping us in the same way you know um yeah and choosing the, to the act. pain of the past yeah the pain of the past that i feel like you're right that they're both kind of using each other and i don't know that really lady true has her motives may be along the same line as vites that yeah. perhaps they saw that the calvary was going to be successful no matter what um, you know, if they just defeated them in Oklahoma, that doesn't defeat them in the country or worldwide. It just defeats them in Oklahoma. So perhaps the millennium clock was set up as something in order to combat them. Um, and now but they had to it's set up how used. many years, like, yeah. How many years have they had that? I think they said it was seven years that since so the they groundbreaking. Saw s- okay. That's interesting. So, like, we know Adrian Veet, that he, Veit, sorry, that he set up with Robert Redford. He knew the future, right? Um, he told well, he, um, did he know the future, or is no, he so he smart did. that he made it happen? That's what I'm saying. So, that that's that, also what okay, I'm like trying to add right. to this one. I understand yeah, maybe. what you're saying, that they knew like, that the Calvary would, would somehow yeah. escalate, because... Maybe the millennium clock turning on is what powers the intrinsic field generator. What True. gives it yes. that because or yes. else they could just build it whenever and become Dr. Manhattan. That's right. That's what I'm thinking too. Yep. So, and then in that. the same sense, it was built to defeat them in, a, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think you're right that we'll find out that it's intertwined 
in a way that makes them uh, almost on the same side. You know, they need each other to exist, to, to propagate yes. whatever they're going to do. But it's, it's quite a gamble by Lady True because um, if, if she fails, uh, then the whole world's fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she's, she is taking a gamble, uh, you know, letting this go through. And, you know, I, I just think that, yeah, it, she may not have thought through every possibility, although she is probably, she is a chip off a uh, Ozzy's block, right? Well, or at least that's what we think. Yeah. What do you think? Who do you think? There's a lot of talk now. She does. She, she kind of smiles at Angela when Angela says, then where's your father? Yeah. Um, and, um, who do you think? A lot of people say comedian, Ozzy Man. I mean, comedian. You know? The only thing that I can link to comedian is that he was in Vietnam, right? And that you know, he, I'm sure he raped. We know he had a proclivity for such abuse and violence, and he probably did rape some women over there. And it's very possible, you know, that he he is her father. But it doesn't make sense to me because you know, for her to like well. I don't know, just genetically, you know, and the, you know, the opportunity and all that, like with Ozzy, there would be that opportunity with him, right? Like there would, like he would make sure she gets the best of the best. The comedian didn't even know about her. So if, if this is assuming a big thing that Ozzy actually knew about Lady True and that they are working together, if that is his daughter, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, she may hate, Ozymandias. She may actually want to kill him. I don't know. I, I don't. She may actually blame him for some of the stuff that happened. But it is. It seems to be irrefutable that some version of Ozymandias is, is going to show up at this event because she said he'll be there, and he might be actually at the clock, or maybe. And I've, I've been thinking about it now. Is that when we see that object crash into the field on the farm, maybe that just happened is happening while Angela is over with Cow. You know, well, it's very that, possible they're in a rush. That um, that happened on the night of Judd's funeral. That's confirmed by. Are you Damon. sure? Okay. Yeah. okay. Damon confirmed right. that to Alan Sepulveda. Okay. Um, and okay. I think that that's worth confirming to know that whatever landed yes. there, she has already. Okay. Right. All right. So yes, the, it's been about a week or so, I think, since Judd's funeral, and okay. uh, maybe a little bit longer because Angela was out for two days. But um, on tripping on the nostalgia, but so whatever she has, she got four or five days before, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. So that all makes sense now too, with the that she knew about that he was going to crash because she probably sent the ship out to get him. Taking a little break to talk about our sponsor, Cufflinks.com. It's a Cyber Monday sale, 25% off site-wide, December 1st through the 3rd. And don't forget, if you send us an email... You'll be entered to win a prize. Marvel, Star Wars, or Disney. Your choice, baby. Send us an email at dvrpodcast.com and our sponsor, cufflinks.com, will send you something, baby. If you win, that is. You're entered if you send the email. Not everybody that sends an email. We're not giving away that much stuff, folks, but you can do it by sending an email. And also, go to cufflinks.com. Use that code CYBERMONDAY. Save 25% off December 1st through the 3rd. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today day. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. 
So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore Adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. Thanks. There's one other theory that um, we actually have an email. We'll talk about it with Roberto, but I want to mention it now because it was so good. Oh, there is one other that I think he of. is in the statue. That okay. in the same way that Dr. Manhattan was inside Cal, mm-hmm. this represents this Europa or whatever is he's trapped inside the statue or he'll come out of the statue in some way. Like Han Solo style? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay. And the whole Europa thing and all the game guy and all oh. that is really his own inside his own mind. What about the object that crashed, though? I mean, how do we? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. Yeah, that's bro. a great theory. Though. I like that. I like that. I'm just it's trying not, to think yeah. about. It's not. I'm just talking different ones because I think. It's... I just feel like they set us up with the microfusion spaceship in this episode, and we saw the object crash. We yes. saw that he's probably yeah. okay to me. I want to, you know, get into Ozzy. We're jumping around a little bit here, but um, it felt like the trial. It was like he's in paradise and he's about to get expelled. Um, like, you know, Adam getting thrown out of the Garden of Eden, right? And so he, uh, you know, he views these clones or whatever. Um, and I feel like they could his uh, they could either kill him. They could actually be put him inside that gold case and then send him back to Earth like yeah, that. Yeah, see? That's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm maybe thinking. Maybe that, maybe, just maybe, that what was that gold statue was in there because we hadn't been at her at Vite Industries. Before that, at, um, yeah. Not Vite, not True Industries before that. That's right. So we only went there after the object landed. So it could have been, that's him. that And that's how he survived the journey. Yeah, he could either survive the journey or he could just be dead. He could be. Like he I don't could think have been. He gonna... could have been killed by the. Yeah, he could have. He could have died during the journey. Could have been put in that case. So, what do you think the clones are going to do? Do you think there's just? How do you I, think he's going to get away from them? I like your um, allegory there to getting expelled from the Garden of Eden. Right, his knowledge, yeah. his 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 desire to escape and see the rest of the world, and he's not happy. Right, yeah. he's not content. Um, and maybe that was his lesson to be content, to stop yearning because that's yeah. all he ever did. Uh, but there is a part there where Crookshanks, one of the Crookshanks mm-hmm. kind of winks at him yeah. or looks at him mm-hmm. and going with your idea there, he needs a kind of female counterpart. So perhaps part of his plan was to have this trial because he knew that Crookshanks, or at least one of them, would become empathetic to him and help him. 
that it because he is the smartest man, right? So yeah. it it does kind of make you think: Did he totally lose it out here, or is this his grand plan? And he wanted this whole trial so he could gain access to her emotionally through these series of events and trauma, um, huh. and use her to get out. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, the pigs yeah. thing, which and you mentioned in the notes, George Orwell, when he says, oh, yeah. let the jury in. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. And they all went guilty. guilty. That was amazing. It was very had Pink the, Floyd-ish too, right? Yeah, guilty. and they had the Requiem Mozart, like, which I've seen that in concert at, you know, at um, uh, Philharmonic in uh, Philly in New York. Um, and I've seen it in person and it's phenomenal. And it's, you know, it's like Amadeus Mozart. They played that, that piece throughout the, uh, throughout the movie. And it's just, it has that, you know, that judgy, like the, the, it is about like, um, you know, somebody being put on trial for his life, right. He killed his father, you know, and it's, it's just, wow. Is it so powerful? It's one of the most powerful scenes in the whole show, even though he just farts, right. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> he cries. So that was, yeah, yeah. He farts and then that, he cries. That was, I mean, wow. I, I just like, there's just so little thing, so little going on there, but Jeremy Irons just like nailed it. You know what I mean? Like he, that emotion and they're all like just guilty, guilty and just listed off everything that he had done wrong. I just, it was, um, yeah, it was great to see. And I, I think that that is there again for a reason, right? We yeah. had this whole, we had six episodes of him trying to get out of there killing clones being Adrian Vite. Finally, we have him answering for, or even mentioning the fact that he killed all those people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's there so we can kind of move the story forward and discover if he does have some sort of, um, sadness or regret about what he did, what he did, because one of the aspects that I was thinking about and when I was, uh, when we were talking with Roberto last week is the idea that this show is a lot about racial trauma and history and constructs and institutions. But one of the things that Damon is a fan of is forgiveness and love yeah. and change and I would be surprised if there is not at least one attempted story of perhaps I'm not saying that Vite or Dr. Manhattan or Judd or anyone is going to turn out to be a great person uh, mm -hmm. or that they are now. Yeah. But I do think that Damon and I know Jeff Jensen, who's a story editor here and who kind of came up really formulated this idea about this season with Damon is also a fan of redemption. And I think that that's going to be a part of the story. So, all right. Yeah. I, you want me to jump in right there on that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So the person I think that will somewhat be redeemed is Adrian Vite. And I, I mean, that, that like, yeah, it could be dead or whatever, but if he is alive, let's just assume that he is alive. He's well, I mean, he could just be like kept away because he's had a long journey. He's probably been on that spaceship for a year or two, right? So um, I do think it would be him 
because of what, and he could be, he always wanted to be the savior of humanity, which is kind of funny. He was trying to save humanity and that's what Lady True is doing, but maybe he saves Dr. Manhattan. Maybe he's the wild card that Lady True is banking on. Maybe there's something about him or something in their plan that um, it's actually him that, you know, or he's going to choose to be, to, to be, to show real empathy and to actually help somebody. And finally so, be the hero, though probably yeah. still a dick. Yes. Always <laughs> a dick. <laughs> Not, I mean, that's the thing is, that's why I caution against, there are no heroes in Watchmen. They're, everyone's gray. And even yeah. now we discover things about Angela. I was talking last week about how much I trust Angela. Now look, she's obviously deceived us. Throughout the show, we did not know this information and everyone around her, including her children and herself and her husband. That yeah. was part of loving him was to deceive him that he wasn't who he actually is. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I bet. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say that I, I like that. I, I'm open to a story in which. Vite does swoop in and save humanity. And then we're left as individuals watching it to grapple with how this makes us feel. Yeah. And he'll probably die too. And but you're really you know, into can... him dying. <laughs> you no, can, I just think like it's gonna happen. Dead. I don't know. I think okay. It's happen. okay. I don't know. I haven't I haven't Eventually. Yeah. I, I don't know that anyone I feel like they want to leave this story open, so I don't know that I I don't know. But they don't need him necessarily. Well, he's kind of central to Watchmen, you know. I mean, I think I I think think Doctor Manhattan's more central than he is, but I don't know. I guess they're both. Perhaps I don't know. I guess they're both. They go in arm in arm. I guess the both of them. They kind of both direct the events of the story. So yeah, I just see any, maybe uh, the people I see dying, if you want to go, is like Angela or keen. I don't think any of the watchmen, uh, any of the team will die. I just, I don't know. I don't feel that way, but I could be wrong. And if, if his final act is to somehow sacrifice himself, that would be interesting as well. He yeah, becomes the, I, he becomes the psychic. He it makes sense now that we're saying it too that that's got to be him that crashes down because it's just yeah. like the squid that crashes down. That's right. Out of the sky, yeah, it has to be. Um, but I just want to go back. So, uh, Lady True's dad. If it is the comedian, she's Laurie's half sister. <laughs> yeah, I have I another just, theory. Uh-huh. Angela's dad. Uh, he was in Vietnam. Uh, no, we saw her dad. Right. That's, but he was, he was in Vietnam. We don't know how old lady true is. We don't know when he got to Vietnam. You know, uh, you're saying, you're saying that he's Angela's that Angela's father. Will's son is lady true's father. Oh, that he's, he had an affair or he, before he met, uh, uh, maybe uh. Angela's mom. I mean, I don't, I don't, I would have to look, work out the timing. I mean, the Vietnam, America's involvement in Vietnam started, I guess what was like 65, 66 officially. Is that when, but it was started before that. But yeah. so how long was he there? You know, I don't know. They didn't say whether he was drafted. She just said he wanted to go to Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean that's that's interesting, but I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think it's got to be. I mean, I, I know that's cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty much 
Ozzy, but comedian would be right behind that. Um, I don't see anybody else because it just the way that it's been presented to the exposition. It could just know, be like, a dude. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But come on, Let's, man. Come on. I know, you're right. Come on. Yeah. Especially considering how smart she is, too. There's like something else going on there. Yeah. It seems like her mom died at a relatively young age, but. Uh, um, I don't oh, know. you had mentioned something here on the notes about the Doctor Manhattan phone network. When when um, Angela goes in and she watches Lori's video, which was another kind of hint towards Cal, yeah. she's watching her husband's ex girlfriend, <laughs> right? Like talk about how much she misses him and loves him. Yeah, um, maybe that's... that's why she hated Lori. She acted like she didn't I know, know she who acted Lori like she didn't was. know her. Yeah, now we know why. Oh, that's another one. I Damn. Know. See, we met. We... Oh, that's great. Yeah. So if I bet if we go back, because we're just we're, figured uh, that there out. are times in the first few episodes where like Angela is very reactive and she gets like and she yep. just kind of acts like nothing, you know, like, no, that's bullshit or whatever. Meanwhile, it's the exact opposite. And she's acting like that. It's like an emotional reaction she's having to that. She yep. just wants to. Not and have no one know what's going on with her and Doctor Manhattan, and we still don't know, and we 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 still haven't gotten to how the fuck do they know that Doctor Manhattan is Cow? Yeah, how do they know he's yeah, in Tulsa? Exactly. How do they? Yeah, it seems like everybody knows. If, um, unless they can like have a detector, like how how would they? Yeah, somebody would know that. Like I don't know if he like. That's the other thing. Is this? We've been thinking the whole time that Vite. And we're saying Vite was the thing, Lady True, Vite Industries. It does make sense that the Calvary may have be aided by one of these. Maybe Vite is aiding the Calvary. Cal, Calvary. Oh, <laughs> oh. Maybe Dr. Manhattan somehow gave them information or they were able to um, maybe something occurred. Yeah, because it's uh-huh. like, how do they know how to make the intrinsic field generator? How do they know that he's Cal? How do they? How did they even come up with this plan? How would anybody? I'm just trying to think. Even the most powerful men sitting around a table, they're these right. They're these powerful clansmen clandestinely running everything. How would they say? We're gonna kill Doctor Manhattan and and Keen. You're gonna become a new Doctor. How do you? How would you even conceive of starting off to do that unless you had some kernel of knowledge or access mm-hmm. to someone who could assist you? So I'm kind of trying to think. Though the it's the it's the white nationalist thing. I don't think that Vite, from my recollection, I wouldn't be surprised that he would think of something like a master race or something along those lines, being as though he is a, the type of man who thinks it's okay to kill 3 million people to stop a proposed a war that might happen. Um, but I don't yeah. know. Then again, maybe, maybe like Keen, he's going to be one of these, you know, like so many people, I'm not racist. I just want to, <laughs> subjugate ba- black balance people. it out right he wants to balance yeah, it out I just yeah. want to balance it out it's just yeah, the way sure, it should that's what's be gonna happen. Sure. you know like it's that judd thing you know i mean we see it so often in real life you know oh but this is just it's better this way come on there's too many of them you know like that kind of thing which is prevalent throughout american history and 
and continues so do you think today. this do you th- do you think this is going to be uh, the Calvary is going to try to like you know trap Doctor Manhattan and also like get this on film and like um, you know kind Prove of not it. expose him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, you're right. Hey, that's a that's a freaking awesome. A lot. I think that we forget the the white supremacy takes center stage with the Calvary, but we must not forget that a big way that they recruit. And what they're trying to prove is that the squid was fake. Yeah. They're trying to show that. T- so are they going to broadcast that tape? Maybe they have it. Mm-hmm. Is that part of their plan to broadcast that tape and let everybody know that the squid falls are fake and that Vite oh, like rigged the elections and all this other stuff? Yeah. Which people would be, I mean, regardless of whether or not you like the outcome, that's unjust. Yeah, that would create chaos. And I don't know. That's Um, another part of their plan because it was that whole conspiracy aspect of it. That's a great point, Aaron. They want to expose that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I I do. Like, I remember we talked about this a few weeks ago where um, that, uh, they might be trying to exact revenge on Adrian Vice. Yes, that and, and Dr. Manhattan, Manhattan. Right. Like, and Lady True might be part of that too. It may be, I, I mean, because there's one thing that stuck out with me for her when she first saw Angela, she came out of the elevator and when she was next to the big blue uh, globe, mm-hmm. um, she, she just came out and was like almost angry about, about, um, I forget what exactly what she said, but she was very, she was almost angry, like that people would look up to Dr. Manhattan and look for him to yes. him for answers. And he wasn't around. Yeah. And she so. made a very sarcastic comment about him. What do you yeah. think? Oh, he's a savior. He freed my, pe- my people or something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I, yeah. That is why I think that it's safe to assume in the same way we're talking about how their plans rely on each other. They mm-hmm. may have divergent goals that include some of the same aspects. Perhaps Lady True believes that killing Dr. Manhattan is better for humanity because of what he did and the power that he has. And right. otherwise, the Calvary wants to kill Dr. Manhattan so Keen can become the Ubermensch. And, you know, because, you know, being a powerful senator isn't enough for him. (laughs) He has to have more or president. I should say he has to have more. He has to be more. Um, All right. I'm I'm really digging this Adrian Byte sacrifice theory. All right. We'll see. (laughs) Let's do it. I like it. Um, What else we got? Um, Uh, We haven't really talked much about Angela. Yeah. Let's talk about um, the, well, we talked about, a bit about the similarities I think between uh, her experiences or I, we had talked about that on the IR, but if you want to expand, that's definitely between yeah. her, ju- her father, her grandfather and her have a very similar story. And her grand, her grandmother too. It's just the whole family is just full yeah. of it. Right. That's uh, just, it's that terrible. That they have. And when her, when June dies, were you, I just, you knew, it, you know, there's just certain shots like I was watching yeah. a show with my wife and there's two people in a car and they're driving and they're having an argument 
and they have an argument. They're coming to a stoplight. The camera cuts back behind the car. You see it pull in. Then it cuts back in the car. And I say to my wife, she's jumping out of the car. There's certain shot sequences that you come to recognize and that cinematographers, directors mm-hmm. rely on because they know that people yeah. are accustomed. That's that's allowed to happen. Yep. Um, and I think that they're doing uh, the same thing again in a, these similar shots with Angela and Will as kids. And it, it, it just makes me think that um, – because of these similarities, we talked about how that might be – we talked about the Lady True reliving your pain, how that may have attracted her and Dr. Manhattan to each other. But look what became of Will. It seemed as though he – not only did he end up shooting at all the Klansmen in the head, um, which I'm not saying is a bad thing in, in the long run, but that's not justice. Yeah. And in the end, did that really benefit him towards taking them down? Um, how is Angela going to respond? I just, there's so many similarities between them that are we going, we see the violence that Angela does to Cal yeah, and knocks him in the head. Um, yeah, she, she kind of had to though. Yeah. Oh no, I know she had to, but it's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's similar it imagery. Yeah. So is it, is it like is Angela going to be faced with choosing the violence over peace? Yeah. I don't know. Well, she's, uh, it, it definitely seems like uh, the one we haven't talked about hooded justice and what his role is, you know, in the current timeline and what, why he wants Angela, why he gave her all that information. Um, I mean, maybe he wanted her to understand what he was about, but maybe she experienced some memories as well that we don't know about. Maybe, I mean, why would, so we, we say that hooded justice is only concerned about the seventh Calvary, but maybe he also wants the exact revenge on Dr. Manhattan. And when, and when lady true says to him was a couple episodes ago, um, but he asked him, you know, if he's kind of like, if he's okay with the plan that they have. And he said, I'm all in. Like, it was almost like it's it's going to be a very difficult thing. It's going to, like, they knew back then, like, it, it's just going to be very difficult. But what is, where is Hooded Justice and what is his role going to be in the end game here? He's not just going to be a spectator. I wonder how young he's going to be. I mean, I still think he might be a clone in some way or age because yeah. he seems to be aging backwards. Benjamin Button style. Yeah, that's, um, isn't that? Well, yeah, that is the way it happened with Benjamin it's Button. Different. <laughs> but he didn't start yeah. off and go back again. Um, but he seems like he's the real will, though. It does seem like it's a real him. I mean, that's that's some. BN, I mean, he's got BN seems like. Her grandmother, you know, I mean, what they're capable of doing will, I mean, uh, Cal seemed like, uh, but he's so old. Why would, why would it be so old when, when they have a younger version of him? It doesn't make sense to me. I, I, these are good questions, but I'm just trying to kind of, you know, spitball. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just fleshing it out with the other. Right. He would, why would he be that old? 
um, perhaps because it's easier for Angela to comprehend that this is her grandfather if he's that age. But then again, when Lady True is speaking to him, he has an agency and she also says he came to me. It's possible yeah. she came, he came to her when he knew he was going to die and she elongated his life or cloned him in some mm-hmm. way um, okay. so he can continue to live. And I think the reason why he went to Angela and it's the same thing in that same conversation when he says that um, it's going to rip apart her family or tear apart her family. Yeah, yeah. We obviously see it did rip apart her family. She had to kill her husband and Cal is something different than Dr. Manhattan. That's right. So that's a loss for her, you know, um, that's like break glass in, in emergency only. Um, yeah. so I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's an interesting aspect that he wants revenge on Dr. Manhattan. We know that he was a, he might want revenge on, on Vite. We know he wants to take down Cyclops, but we know he owned a movie theater in Manhattan in the seventies. Did he own the movie theater in Manhattan when the squid attack happened? Where was he then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, that's right. we, yeah. now we know what happened to Angela's parents and that's his son. So does he blame Dr. Manhattan for what he did in Vietnam if his son wouldn't have even been in Vietnam if it wasn't for Dr. Manhattan? Very good point. Yep. You know, so, um, you know, I can see him coming at that in in the way. And I think that he had to reach. Now I kind of understand why Lady Vite said to him, why don't you just tell her? And he was like, she has to experience it. And maybe that's because he knew that he had to drive her to kill Cal. Yeah. And in order to do that, she had to know. I mean, look, he didn't come out of his shell um, during the white night that we know of. That's right. So it had to be a big emergency for him. It had to be the end of the experiment or their life together for her to do that. So I wonder, like, maybe, like, if anything was ever violent or anything that she was just like, I got this handled, you just, like, run away or something. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Could mm-hmm. be something like that. Yeah, because you might get knocked in the head. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, it might just, yeah, expose him. Yeah. You know? Um, that's interesting yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, let's see what else we were talking about, Angela. Um Okay, you're saying presumably Angela stayed in Vietnam when she became an adult, met Dr. Manhattan, created the accident, moved away to Tulsa to start a new life with Cal and become a cop slash sister knight. That's another thing. If she knew that she was married to Dr. Manhattan, did she become – I'm thinking that she was sister knight in Vietnam, that that started before and that she came to Oklahoma – and to Tulsa, maybe there's a purpose that she came there with Cal because she had the um, the VHS of the movie, mm-hmm. and it seemed like that was ingrained in her from a young age. Maybe it's her crime fighting that attracts Doctor Manhattan to her. It could be. That's, you that's know, another reminds good point, him yeah. of Lori. Yeah, yeah, it could be. 
he does have a type and yeah. they're not that too dissimilar right mm-hmm. <laughs> that's i think Lori actually likes angela has always liked angela and she's just being a hard ass because that's what Lori's what Lori's doing you know yeah. like that's just who she is but um yeah so what did you think about the whole interaction with beyond or bn i thought it was really interesting and i thought um you know when she says which of these women is angrier Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was just thematic resonance stuff about sure. anger and passion and um maybe it maybe those two cards were representative of how how Dr. Manhattan was inside of Cal. It was the same person yet different. Mm-hmm. Like she or, too wearing the mask. Which one is yeah. angrier? Yeah, and I was thinking that it could also be because she's a clone, right? Mm. And which one? She's like, are you sure? Because yeah. clones will look alike, right? But I, who I'd they st- are hey, inside. Hey, man, look, I'm about to say something crazy. Look, this show is so fucking nuts. I don't, I, I, I don't know that this is the end of the crazy stuff we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a possibility that Angela's a clone, that that we don't that doctor that she died and Dr. Manhattan created her or something. I mean, I don't know. I still am thinking, I said this on uh, one of the Facebook page today, people saying that there's still crazy things yet to come. I still go back to my original theory. I want to mention at least once every episode, because I think (laughs) I still think it might happen that this whole fucking thing is a construct that Dr. Manhattan created and put himself inside of Cal right to experience this but this is not reality oh I, yeah if, if, if it's one of those pull your pull the rug from i'm sorry man it's just i, I haven't seen many of those things work i know i mean i'm just <laughs> i don't know how they could do it. it but i think that there is probably craziness yet to come and sure. with only two episodes left and knowing damon i mean this guy doesn't just do one trick he usually does the one trick leads to holy shit. It got even crazier. Well, it's already, that's already happened but, <laughs> successfully. I, yeah, you're right. And I think it'll yeah. probably continue, but I just think, yeah, that, I do too. Um, yeah, that was interesting. The beyond stuff I think was, was, uh, beyond or beyond yeah. Yeah. was, um, yeah, beyond. was interesting. All right. We've, we've been going along. We're getting kind of, let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about, um, Lori, Okay. How does that sound? All right, sounds good, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you had in the notes, and I like that you pointed this out because, and now I I can't believe that I now it just dawned on me that the reason Angela acted like she didn't know who Lori was, which of course she fucking knows who Silk Spectre two is and who and Watchmen. Yeah. She's a of course she knows that. Everybody grew uh-huh. up knowing that. Um. But the, I like the way you pointed out the way Lori really holds hooded justice and reverence. And when she kind of drops all the knowledge on Judd's wife, um, it's really interesting the way she talks about it. She, You're absolutely right, Aaron. She seems to get be a little bit more sure of herself, a little bit – even have some pride there. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Like That's she's right. happy that it turned out to be Will, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I think she liked, uh, and she understood it, and yeah. you know, had been thinking about it a lot. Um, yeah, just I think it's it, 
like she's been in a shell like the whole series and I felt like she just broke out yes. and as soon as she just breaks out she falls through a trap door. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's great analogy. And that's what I think that this was a really important episode for Laurie and with all of the craziness going on that was a quick bit of scenes. But once you process who she is, what she's been through, that it was Hooded Justice who saved her mom from being raped by her dad. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was actually the the right. originator of all of this was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, his I, reasons were justified. They yeah. weren't with some of these like uh Captain Metropolis and some of these whatever yeah, you're you know, right. heroes. I think that he puts was a for little... he was the, the real legit uh original hero. Yeah. None, and none of them out none of the other ones compared. None yeah. of them. And and I think it puts a little pride in her end um that she can now be a kind of proud of her lineage you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah and maybe feel a little bit like wow maybe there was something to originally to this this hooded uh these masked avenger people right masked vigilantes yeah. yes and and i think that's interesting because we've been talking so much about how she's so disdainful of her past, right? Yes. It was kind of cool to see her say it. It was like the comedian. Yeah. It was all a joke. Exactly. So then she found a little truth there. Um, This was a good line when she says that Keen put everyone in mass so that no one could tell the good guys from the bad guys, and then they could carry out more devious plans in disguise. That's right. It's a simple way of putting it, and it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, um, Lori, uh, Lori's definitely an interesting character. I, I love Jean Smart, too. I've seen her in, uh, what was that other show on FX, uh, uh, that we were really liking that first season, um, with, uh, it's, uh, it's a guy from Fargo. He was one of the, he was the main actor uh, for one season. Yes, Legion. Legion. Yeah. So I really liked her in that show as well, which I really want to get back to that show. Yeah, I'll watch. At some I point. fell off after season one, but uh, I'll get back into it. Yeah, I heard it was still really good. But um, yeah, so let, uh, just to jump on to the, another, another thing. So let's, let's get into Looking Glass a little bit. Yeah. Um, he, uh, so we, I assumed um, that he would kill uh, all those people because he's in a bunker and he just has a gorilla mentality. He's always, you know, especially after the events that just transpired, I think he's uh, a little bit smarter than he looks like. He's a little dopey off shucks kind of guy. And he just gave up Angela, but um, he's, he's very bright and intelligent. And so he obviously has taken a mask and it's pretty clear that he's going to try to infiltrate himself, especially after them trying to yeah. kill him. Um, so I do feel that he's, I don't know if he's going to be, he's going to save somebody and it could be Lori and it could be, he could actually stop the whole thing himself. Um, I feel like Petey's going to put on his costume. I mean, we haven't seen that guy <laughs> since. Lube man. Yeah. Yeah. Lube man. <laughs> I forgot what his name was. Uh, I think we're going to see Lube man too. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I like I think that gonna, hustler. I like that. I think Lube man might actually save Lori. Yeah. That, I like, you're right. Guess. You know, I didn't think of that. You think it's going to be, looking glass and then it turns out that it's lube man 
Maybe yeah. it's going to be lube or and combination of them all lube. getting together as Watchmen. Yeah, there you go. The new Watchmen. Um, yeah. Looking lube glass man. Um, I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh, I think that I like the way you said in the notes that perhaps Lori is the lure for Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. That yeah, they were seems- going to try to capture her in some way and she fell into their hands. Yeah, so I think whoever sent Lori down there, who was in the FBI, like was working with Keene um, as part of the Seventh Calvary, and their whole goal was to get her down there from the get go. You know, like yeah. But then he said, um, Keene had a line where he said they Judd thought bringing you down here would screw everything up. You know, or so. But I still I agree with but you. Judd was dead though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it wasn't Judd. Then who was he talking about? The wife? Or he, fiction. He referenced but someone. But now that I look back on that they, episode, it was he clear. Just said they. Yeah, it, to me, it was very clear that he wants her down her there specifically. And it, it just ties in so well. I, I, you agree. Know? I agree. I think it makes sense, too, that, he, that she is – um, allure or also it's just kind of bringing all the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I probably just want to kill her on top of maybe, um, Dr. Manhattan and maybe Ozzy, who knows. And now hooded justice, they know about hooded justice now, right? They have that information. Yes. True. Yeah. Because Gloria gave it to them. Yep. <laughs> they didn't know anything about that. They're like, Oh, you know, I think that was the one thing that like, Hooded Justice has been like fucking them over for probably a long time, the Cyclops thing, right? And now they have a little more clue of who he is and it makes him much more vulnerable. I just think it's interesting. Mm, that is a good point. And I would have liked to seen the look on Keen's face finding out that the original uh-huh. hero was a black man who, as yeah. a result of his organization, did this, you know? That, That's that right. I, I wonder. Um there was a great – just let's talk a little bit about Keen. Somebody on the internet had this, and I just have to say it on the podcast, Dr. Clanhattan. Yeah. That was just too good. Awesome. <laughs> too good. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Clanhattan, um, the Ubermensch, I thought the whole thing with Keen – now, this is one of the things where when Laurie says, what are you going to tell me your whole plan now? And then he does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I, that's what, like, I excused, I think the show exists within that universe and just plays the line so perfectly that yeah. that didn't bother me. That oh, it didn't bother me either, but I'm sure it bothered a lot of people like, we want more mystery. Yeah, Why can't we figure out it's such a puzzle thing or do whatever. That, or, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it's okay. This is supposed to be a TV show based on a comic book, you know, like it has those elements of the same type of narrative devices and storytelling and structure that the original comic had. Yeah. And we don't need a whole episode just to show that necessarily, you know, either. So this is an, this is a bit it's a choice. This is a choice. A, yeah. And this in a way is a little bit like when Vite lays his plan out. Now his plan, as Andy mentioned, his plan had already happened. So, um, in a sense, a lot of their plan may have already happened by the time he's telling her. Uh, but That's I right. saw some similarities to that. Um, 
And I, I think, yeah, we talked a bit about what we think the plan is, but um, I guess I still am trying to figure out this how if they need to if destroying him helps them create a new him you know if it's like more of like a transfer of power yeah yeah it seems like it's more of a transfer thing yeah. but because yeah that that would be hard to replicate uh, i don't know it's i think keen i think in the end though if i had to predict anything i feel like some of the plan is going to come off. So I don't, I don't feel like there's going to be like, I don't feel like they're just going to stop them. You know, I feel like maybe as we're talking, like some of the plan has already happened and there's some stuff that they won't be. I mean, obviously they're Cyclops and they've infiltrated government and all that. I think that there's going to be, you know, I just can't see anything with Watchmen ending without a lot of people dying at, you know, just like the comic, I think it has to kind of yeah, it does mirror it. So I don't. That's think why we're I do think there's gonna be ending. A, no, and I do feel like you know a couple of the Watchmen are gonna die, die off. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I wouldn't be mad about. I'm, you know me, yeah. dude. I'm not one of these like oh god. I see all these quotes and people are like to maintain the integrity of the comic, he has to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, will you shut up? Like, what are you talking to maintain? Yeah. Who creates – that's what I love about the internet. People read like a book. It's like Kanye. You read a book and you recite it and then all of a sudden you're a genius. But though you don't even understand what you're saying and it's not applicable <laughs> to what we're talking about. And actually it's never applicable. You 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 don't – who cares? He could, he could kill them all and start over in the middle of the next episode. Not, if he did it right, I'd be happy with it. He doesn't yeah. owe the comic anything. Like – when people say things like that, it's so, it, it. This whole thing is about how nostalgia is corrupting of the truth, and it's the same thing in our media. It's like, yeah, Game of Thrones. Too, yeah, right? oh, people same are thing. like, oh, uh, Ryan Johnson destroyed the Last Jedi. He did. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's a story. You just didn't yeah. like what he did. <laughs> There's you don't try uh, to use some media uh, literacy critique that you learned in 101 to say why it's not good. He can do whatever he wants. Characters change, events change. You don't need to lay the groundwork for something. People are always talking about on the podcast. There's no groundwork that was laid. Ooh. Yeah, if you don't like it, don't listen. Yeah. Don't watch. I Just mean, there's no. Don't say anything. Why do you have to get on social media and hate? Like, I, I, really? Well, yeah. yeah, that's wicked. <laughs> All right, let's not get to. <laughs> I just mean, I think that when I say that Damon has remained true to the comic, what I mean is thematically in the spirit, mm-hmm. not That's the right. minutia, the details, and all this kind of stuff. And if he changes it and this does have a happy ending and they do it right, I'm going to like it. If they do it in a way that I don't think was successful to me, I'll probably say, well, you know what? I don't know if this really resonates with me. Um, but yeah. I don't think in any way he owes something to Alan, like as though George Lucas or Alan Moore or George R. R. Martin are w- these heroes that we must bow down, kiss the ring, kiss yeah, the right. ring. <laughs> yeah. I kiss no ring. <laughs> All right, Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the whole yeah. point. That's what all the yeah. stories are about. You got to do it, man. Just got to do your thing. 
Let it continue. All right. We, we kind of went off the rails there, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, Hey, that wasn't bad. It took us uh, seven episodes to go into a, just start complaining about shit at the end of a podcast. (laughs) It's not bad for us. Uh, anything else that you want to add before we get out of here? No, I think we covered, uh, pretty much all the major points. Uh, Um, Yeah, it was great. Great. And I think we came up with some new ideas uh, during the podcast, at least I did. So it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Aaron, once again, for your amazing notes. And throughout the season, you have been rocking. Really, everyone listening, um, Roberto and Aaron have been doing the notes and they have been killing it. I bring myself and I talk and I try to move it along, but um, they have just, I couldn't do it without them. They are my rocks. They are my Dr. Manhattans hidden in my brain. And oh, uh, baby. oh, we should announce that we just all were talking on text and we are uh, for the after the finale, there's just going to be the initial reaction. And then one show that week, I'll probably end up doing another one with someone else or some other time, mm-hmm. maybe that week, who knows, but we're going to have a, we're all going to meet like the Watchmen. And it's going to be me, Roberto, and Aaron, and we're going to record that on a Tuesday, and that'll be released on a Wednesday uh, after the finale. All right, yeah, that's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun, all three of us together. So if you have feedback for the finale, uh, try to send it in. I don't know if we're going to get the feedback on that podcast, but it'll definitely inform our discussion, and we'll try to mention it and give you a little credit. Um, but I'll probably end up doing another feedback show. Maybe I'll try to grab someone and, uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from some people. There's some people I've emailed about if they want to be on the finale. So if I emailed you and you're listening, hit me back, tell me if you can be on the podcast. And if I don't hear back from some of the people that I've made some, at least overtures to, I have some others, uh, that I have in mind, some voices you may have heard here before, for the initial reaction finale, but Aaron and I will definitely be back next Wednesday. And we look forward to this upcoming episode, the penultimate episode of Watchmen season one. What do you think, Aaron, just before we go, or is Damon doing a season two? How are you feeling about it? Uh, no. Oh, I don't think he is. Okay. Aaron, I, I think he is. Really? I do. I think he is. I think he I have to see how the story. setup at the end is before I can make that prediction. Yeah. And if he does do another season, it's going to take a while. It's going to probably be almost two years before. Oh, it comes out. without a doubt. Or they yeah. already shot it and it'll premiere in March. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's fun. You know, HBO, though it has changed a lot, they still maintain kind of a similar relationship with Damon, David Simon. Um, a bunch of other creators where they just give them money and say, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I, I feel like he is going to do another season because this has been so successful. And because I think that the critical and, and, and I, in, in my opinion, the fan reaction has been very well and the ratings, Though if you read some dumb site, like comic book site, news.com, they're going to say, Oh, everybody hates to watch it. 
No, the plus sevens and the DVR. Or Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> doing, still below 50% of Rotten Tomatoes yeah, for the audience reaction. That's Trust ridiculous. me. It's doing great. HBO is very happy. They're getting subscribers and people are going to, it's going to be on their streaming service and they definitely want another season of Watchmen. Trust me. There's enough articles being written and buzz around it. That's what HBO does. That's what they live off. So uh, ratings do not matter to HBO and they never have or else they yeah. wouldn't have made a, a, a TV show about horse racing with David Milch. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> like, no, HBO is not going to do another season of Watchmen. They want to make, they want to make more deuce because that's killing it in the ratings. And they only did but three if David seasons. Office and a part of it. Then it's going to be really hard for me. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. We'll you know what? We'll have to talk. I mean, I'll, I'll want to still podcast it because I love the world. Um, but I'll miss Damon, but I, to me, you know, look, man, we're the same way. We love artists. So if he wants to do it and he does it, I'll be happy. If he says, I didn't feel like doing it, then guess what? The motherfucker didn't feel like doing it. I don't want him to do something he doesn't want to do. That's right. So. Okay, that's the decision he made. Good for him. Uh, You know, it just, it makes, maybe next he'll do something new, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll finally get smart and give Star Wars to the right guy from Lost, not J.J. Abrahams, but the real genius, <laughs> Damon. Yeah, it'd have to be a, a new story, though. Yeah, uh, that's don't what I'm saying. Hey, man, yeah. there's only one guy I think that could do a totally new, like really do Star Wars new. I think Damon would kill it. Yeah, there are a few yeah. others, but I don't, I don't see them ever dipping in that realm ever. And the first scene of the new Star Wars by Damon would be two Jedi in a room and one guy goes, you know, that midichlorian stuff is bullshit, right? And yeah. then the Jedi goes, yeah, of course, when nobody believes yeah, that. Yeah. And then they go on the rest of the story because <laughs> I know he hates that. All right. I kept on. I'm just enjoying talking to you at this point. So I'll let the listeners go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back with Roberto. Moving in uh, to the penultimate episode, Dan from um, Tower of Babel is going to come on on Sunday. I'm super excited. I've never spoken to him before, only spoken with Julian, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Go out and listen to theirs, their podcast. Go out and check. Brian is still doing great write-ups on 25 Years Later site. Check that. That site is awesome, by the way. They're very intelligent stuff over there. Uh, there was a write-up I was just reading about the Irishman, um, which we could probably go into a whole nother podcast if we started talking about it. But check all that out. Thanks for the reviews. Become a patron. Come on. If you've been a longtime listener, if you've enjoyed this season, make me happy. You know, give us like a dollar, three dollars. For me, it's about the community. I want to build the community. I like releasing special pods on it. I like bringing uh, patrons. Andy's a patron, Gina, Jenny, so many people, John, that I podcasted with. So it's an exciting time for all of us. Aaron's making noise. So I'm going to let us go. Peace out, everybody. Peace.
<laughs> I just you kept on fucking talking. I, know, minutes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really just started having fun. I was tired at I the know. beginning. And- yeah, no, that was a great episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, buddy. You're the best.